Hello and welcome to another episode of the Haskin Cast podcast. I am your host, Scott Haskin, and I'm doing something a little bit different this week. Uh, you know, normally when I do a review, I'll do a whole album, but uh, this time I'm actually doing a part of a best of album. I was going to do the whole best of album, but the fact is I can't even find uh, that it exists anymore. So uh, that would be kind of pointless. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go over some of my favorite songs by the band Split Ends. Uh, Going to go with my top six. They're all hits. They're all songs that you may have heard or may know, especially if you were, uh, you know, a, a music fan in the early 80s. These songs were done between 1980 and 1982 and uh, certainly part of the MTV generation. And I'm talking about the MTV generation when MTV was about music television in the beginning. And uh, I remember the first song I heard from Split Ends was a song called I Got You. And from the very first time I heard it, just fell in love with the song. There's a little bit in the video where they play inside this, uh, what, what looks like... Um, like a little place that you would see in a museum, you know, where they've got, uh, you know, a little glass thing and then something set up to stage an event or something like that. And and there's like little tiny versions of the band playing inside of it. And uh, it actually reminded me of something that I saw in the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in Niagara Falls. So there was a little connection to something from uh, my past. And when I say my past, I was pretty young, so I didn't have much of a past. But uh, something that connected that, but just the song itself was absolutely amazing. They used this one uh, delay effect on the vocals in one specific spot of the song, which I thought was really interesting. And this is before I really understood how music worked or anything about how it was recorded or produced or what effects could be used. All I knew was sound and whether I liked it or not. So this was uh, a pretty interesting one, but it was the first one I heard from the band. And right off the bat, I was like, wow, I really like these guys. I can't wait until they do more. And then they did. And I don't know what the order of the songs would have been that I heard them, probably in whatever order they were released. Um, I'm really not sure, to be honest. It it doesn't matter because I'm going to go through my six favorite split end songs. You guys may know them in a different version called Crowded House. And and it's really weird. You know, Split Ends had some good popularity, yet I can find no website. There's some sort of link that I've got in the show notes that really just is the closest thing I can find to a website. It doesn't seem like it's been updated since shortly after the internet was invented or at least made public. So, uh, you know, I don't know. It's it's really weird. Uh, I would have thought there would be more on them, but I just can't find a whole lot. I think for some reason, the focus is really on Crowded House. And Crowded House was good. But for me, I find the Split End stuff a lot more interesting musically. It's a lot more adventurous. And, um, you know, they were a very weird act on stage. But I never got to see that. Um, I just knew them from the radio and their videos on MTV. So let's uh, let's just jump right into the first song that we're going to cover today. This one is called Hard Act to Follow.
I love the energy of this song. I mean, right from the bat, it just starts off at a great pace and doesn't drop at all. Even when the music drops down a little bit just before the vocals start, um, even with that, you know, the pace is there, the beat is driving, uh, great rhythm section. And I love that little guitar part, you know, that little effect that they put in. I, I don't know if it was a guitar or a synth, but uh, it sounded more like a guitar to me uh, right before the vocals came in. That was pretty cool. And that's the thing I love about this band is they are so well layered in synthesizers, very much like Saga. There's a lot going on on the synthesizer side of things, lots of little fill-ins, lots of layers of sound. And these songs sound huge. And uh, that's a big part of the reason why. And plus, you've got some really good musicians here performing and writing. So that makes a big difference. But this song is great. I mean, it's just it just has a fun feel to it. It gets your foot tapping. And it's a, a good one to even, you know, hear early in the morning to kind of set the pace for your day. And uh, yeah, it, it's one that I definitely dig. I always have. It's, it's one of the later ones that I heard. In fact, I don't think I knew this song until I got the best of albums. So there may not be a video for it. It was one I don't recall being familiar with before the best of. Uh, all the other ones, I'm pretty sure I had seen videos for. But yeah, it, it's, a, it's a good song. And I wanted to do that one first, just to kind of set the tone for the show also, because it just puts you in a good mood. You know, it's yeah, it's, it's saying, hey, you're you're pretty cool. You're I don't want to I don't want to follow you, you know, but at the same point, it's just like such good energy and, and such a, a great beat and uh, tempo that, you know, it, it's kind of hard not to just enjoy it and have fun with it and be smiling by the end of it just because it's such a good song. Uh, you know, and as always, I, I well, not always, but as oftentimes I don't hear the vocals as uh, the story they're telling. I hear them as an instrument. So to me, a lot of times, uh, you know, whether the story is happy or sad, it's really about how the music makes me feel, how the vocals make me feel. Um, the sound of the vocals make me feel as an instrument more so than the story that they're actually telling. If their mood is in conjunction with the story, I'm going to feel whatever the story is anyway. And sometimes you'll do something contrasting, like you'll have a really hor horrible story, but you'll tell it in a comedic way. And that makes it kind of fun or a tragic stories are often told in comedic ways. So those songs end up being fun, even though they're a tragic story. But those tragic stories, they get to be kind of, you know, I don't know if cliche is the right word, but they just get to that point where like, if you don't tell it in a funny way, I don't even care. You know, I don't need to hear another sad story. So make it fun for me to hear. Um, yeah, that's my thought on that anyway. So that is hard act to follow. The next song that we're going to talk about is called History Never Repeats. love the layers in this song. I mean, even with just the guitars, you've got a few different layers and then you've got synthesizers, you've got the piano, then you've got the bass and drums. There's a lot of stuff going on, but there's a lot of little fill-ins here too. Um, I definitely love most of all the piano in the verse because it's just playing the most obtuse notes on top of what we're hearing the guitars do. And it really stands out. But at the same point, 
it doesn't sound bad. Like they, they sound like they're completely wrong notes, but it actually really works with the song, which is fascinating. But uh, I love the layers of guitars. I love the way they go from quarter notes to eighth notes, back to quarter notes to eighth notes, and um, just the whole flow of the vocals. Another good high energy song, really. Um, the, the backing vocals on this are really strong. That's another strong suit of theirs is, is the vocals. Uh, I love the lead vocalist, but I also just love the way that the backing vocals sound. They're very consistent throughout all the songs with the band. And except for, for Dirty Creature, Dirty Creatures is a little bit different of a song, but uh, we'll get to that one. But yeah, this is another one that's just great. And it, this song has what I call a reset point. Now, to me, I've made this up. This is not, you know, official musical language or whatever, but a reset point is a riff you can play that no matter where you are, it's a short one measure riff that gets you right back into wherever you want to be in the song. So they could go anywhere in the song and all they have to do is go back to da, 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 and they can go right back into a verse. They can go into a chorus if they want. More likely it's going to be a verse, but it's just that, you know, wherever they want to take that adventure to, that's their reset point to come back and hit a familiar spot in the song. And I would imagine this is one that live, they really could have done a lot of stuff with. I mean, this could have been a 10, 12 minute song live, just kind of going off in different directions, but then hitting that riff and being able to reset right to whatever point in the song they want to go back to. So I really like that. I think that really works well uh, for this song. And it's just a fun song. You know, the, the vocals make it fun at the end. They kind of go off a little bit. And I kind of feel like that's what they could have done live. They really could have expanded on that. I don't know if they did or not. Uh, I don't think I've ever heard. I can't recall hearing any live footage from them. I could be wrong. Maybe I heard six months in a leaky boat. That that sounds like it might be possible. But I don't recall really hearing anything live from them. So I don't know what they were like, at least as far as these songs go. Now, their older version of the band. Yeah, I've seen some footage of that. And that was, I mean, people thought Genesis were kind of out there, but they're like Genesis on steroids for for what they were doing on stage. Pretty weird. But by this time, they had really toned all that down and they were really focused on just making good music. And uh, I certainly think that the songs that I'm going over today are fine examples of that. So that is History Never Repeats. Now we're going to get into uh, one of my favorite songs, the one that started my enjoyment for this band, and it's called I Got You. On the surface, it's a very simple song, you know, but they add in so many layers and so many different sounds and things that uh, it really draws you in. And there's just a a weird sort of uncertain factor in one of the synthesizers, kind of the main one that you hear during the verse. It just makes you wonder where things are going, what's really happening. It feels like a sense of things not being right. 
And I really like that. I like that mystery and they're really good at that. But it uh, it makes it's it's just another layer that makes the song more interesting. I mean, they could have just put a straight pad or something in there, but they're they're finding things to layer in there that draw in your attention and make the song a little more fun than if they'd have just done it straightforward. You know, um, I like that they use the floor tom instead of the uh, hi hat during the verse. That's pretty cool. Um, it makes the hi hat shine a little bit more during the chorus, and it makes the chorus really feel like a separate part. And uh, of course, the vocals, you know, the harmony coming in and everything during that part too is great. Um, that part was sometimes we shout where the delay is. That's where I was talking about earlier when when that was something that at a very uh, young age and before I understood production, that really intrigued me. I really liked that. I thought that was cool. And the fact that they only did it in that one spot during the song made that really special. You know, if you just do that every single time that the verse repeats, you know, at the the second to the last line before the chorus, and every single one does that same thing, it gets stale and predictable. The fact that they only did it on that one time uh, is really cool. I like that. Um, it it it's like you can lean on these tricks and just say, okay, well, we have another verse, we have to do this. Or you can say, we're going to make the song interesting in every verse. We're going to do something in every verse to make it interesting. And that's what they've done. I really like that. Uh, the chorus is really powerful. I like the vulnerability of it too. You know, I, I think that's that was something that was impressive to me from the beginning of it, from, from the lyrical standpoint. And here I just talked about how I don't really listen to lyrics, but this was one that I did. And um, yeah, it's just a fun song. There's a great middle section in it. And um, it's it's just a fun song to listen to. If you're not familiar with the song, uh, go check it out because it's, it's really a, an enjoyable song from beginning to end. And like I said, for me, a very early influencer, you know, this was the early years of MTV and when I saw it and, you know, I listened to so much, um, you know, like Motown and 60s and, and music and that. That was really what I knew until uh, I want to say right before or right around the time that MTV started, I started to get into listening to radio stations in Detroit. There was CKLW on the AM band and WRIF on the FM band. And then uh, another station came around a little while later. I think it was called WHYT. And uh, that was that was playing like a lot of pop hits and stuff. Uh, WRIF was more rock and roll. And it, but, but I started to really get a variety of music. And then, of course, MTV comes along and now I'm, I'm seeing music come alive. I'm watching the bands play. I'm learning how things work. And it was a, a really impressionable time for me in my early musical developmental years. So, uh, you know, I was already playing drums by that point, but uh, didn't really know what I was doing. It wasn't until I started watching how drummers played that I started to really put it together because I didn't have, you know, lessons or guides or anything at that point. So it was definitely a, a, a time of great impression for me. And this is a song that really just gripped me from the first time I heard it. And to this day, if it you know, if, if I happen to have my iPod on shuffle or whatever, and it comes on, or if I'm on the radio, if I'm out driving around, it comes on the radio, um, I'll just listen to it. You know, I won't leave the car until it's over because it's well worth listening to. So uh, yeah, check that one out. And now we're going to slow things, we're going to, we're going to slow things down just a little bit. And we're going to talk about taking one step ahead. Oh, 
What you're hearing is the very simplistic beginnings of the song as it goes on towards, you know, more choruses towards the end of the song. Uh, it gets layered with more instruments. There's some really intriguing sounds that they put into it, too, that, you know, much like uh, I was talking about the synthesizer earlier that add this really mysterious uh, element to the song. Um, it's, it's another good song. Great vocal performance. So, uh, pretty emotional, too. You know, as the song goes on, it, it gets pretty intense, I have to say, from a vocal standpoint. But this is a, another one that was a pretty big hit for them, as I recall, and um, a little more mellow, you know, in the beginning than some of the other ones. But it's it's catchy. You know, it's easy to get stuck in your head, which is what you want for a song, especially one that you're going to release as a single. And uh, it's it's hard not to enjoy it, you know. It might be a little more, I guess, a little bit lyrically on the depressing side, but you know, that's okay because they represent it in a way that, again, is just fun and enjoyable to listen to regardless of the story that's being told. But it's nice and mellow. It's a, a little bit of a, you know, one that if you want to draw back from their more intense music, you could put that one on and then, you know, kind of give yourself a, like a little bit of an audio palette cleanser and then go back into something they did that was a little bit more uh, intense or or upbeat. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely an important song for them. And I remember there was a video for this one too, don't remember much about it. <laughs> I really don't. I just remember that there was one. And uh, yeah, it's a good song. Gets pretty haunting towards the end, though, I, I have to say. Definitely worth listening to, even just just to understand the feeling of the song, you know, how they wrote it, how they created it. There's some good reverb, I think, that helps with it. The synthesizers definitely help with it, but also coupled with the intensity in the vocals, almost in a pleading sort of way that's, that's really kind of haunting. I, I really like that. They're really good at that. You know, I have to say. Um, but now we're going to head out to sea and spend six months in a leaky boat. Now, I did not fade in that intro. That was how it was on this Best of CD. There's actually a much longer uh, intro on the album version of the song. It's, um, you know, a bit of a saga leading into the actual vocal. 
But uh, yeah, I, right off the bat from from where the vocals start, you get this wonderful uh, synth flute playing, just going like uh, if that were a guitarist, that would be so annoying. But for some reason, it really works on this this synth patch. Uh, I really like that. Again, it, it makes the song interesting and it kind of feels like the tide, right? You know, the tide goes up and down, the flute synth is going up and down and it just kind of feels like that, you know, boat going up and down in the water kind of thing. And I thought that was so cool when I put that connection together. And uh, I mean, you know, in the beginning, I just heard the song, I'm hearing cool sounds, didn't really think about it. But as I started to understand music more, I was listening to it one day and I thought, that's kind of representative of the tide. Uh, really cool. And of course, you know, a great vocal singing in a, a little bit higher of a register on this one, which is nice. Uh, he sounds good right there, uh, to be honest. But uh, yeah, it's it's this one's kind of an epic journey. It's a bit of a longer song. And there's some really interesting parts that come up where it, uh, you know, it, it's almost like the wa- like the storm ends and the water's just calm and you hear the piano come in and these vocals and um, it, it, then it kicks back into the song again. It's really, really well done. I would say it's probably the most epic song I know by them. It's definitely the biggest journey as a song goes that I, I've heard from them. And I don't know a lot of their songs. I, I know some. Um, obviously, these are the ones that I know the best and are most likely songs that you guys might know. So, uh, but this one's a great journey. And then, uh, you know, it's transitioned so smoothly into the pre-chorus and then the chorus. Um, I like the claps that they put in for the thunderclap. And then uh, they added those to the chorus or the pre-chorus. There's just so many, again, so many layers. It's like they just sit here and go, all right, that's good. What else can we do? Okay, that's good. What else can we do? And just add more and more layers to the song. And that's why they have such a rich and full sound. And even with 80s production, which a lot of people don't like, and I I don't mind it, I guess, because I'm just used to it. I don't really think about it. I'm like, this is the package. So unless something were to be remixed from the original tapes, I probably wouldn't really give it a second thought. I'm just like, this is the sound of the song. But, you know, this this stuff, it's interesting because these songs come from different albums, yet they sound in a way that they could have all been recorded in the same session, which uh, is is very consistent. And I like that. But uh, I also like, you know, when albums have individual sounds. But I think that's just the sound of the band is so prominent that it's, it just overtakes everything. And uh, I think their production is good. I think the mixes are good on all of these songs. You can hear everything very clearly. It's very powerful. And uh, it, it adds just such another element to the music, the way everything's blended together, where you're getting these little tidbits of all these different synthesizers and sounds that they're throwing in there, yet they're not, uh, you know, taking over the spot from anything else. A lot of those sounds are, are panned hard left or right, and um, you hear them, and then they're gone before you even realize what you just heard. But there's just a lot of layers and elements to everything that these guys do. And this song is, is definitely uh, not not uh, away from that concept. It's just a longer song. It's got some more dramatic parts to it. I think um, it's it's really almost like a like a film score version of a pop song, you know, where you've got these just dramatic. I'm trying to think, what was the song? Was it um, the James Gang that did Closer to Home? It's kind of like that. It, it's It's, you know, this long epic journey instead of just, uh, you know, here's a verse, here's a chorus, here's another one, here's a solo. You know, let's get in that. Like they go on an adventure in this song, much like Closer to Home. Uh, I think it was I'm Your Captain slash Closer to Home. And uh, I want to say that was the James Gang. 
Uh, either way, though, if you look up uh, I'm Your Captain, you'll probably find it. Another epic journey. Uh, very good one to listen to, though. I love that song. Um, yeah, so that is Six Months in a Leaky Boat. And now we get to our final song. I saved this one for last just because this is such a unique song, even for these guys. Like, I think the, this band was really unique. The sound that they had, their layers and everything that they did was was really unique for them. If a song came on, you knew if it was split ends or not. But this song, I think, is is even taking what they do to another level. And I talked in a couple of songs about those mysterious sounding synths. Now take that and make that the whole song and you get Dirty Creature. There's so much here to unpack. And this is only the beginning of the song up through the first uh, chorus. You know, uh, right off the bat, uh, I love the drum sound. I love the reverb. And I think there's a little bit of chorus on that too. And then that bass line, that bass line is so important in the song. You know, it really adds a lot of intrigue. It's almost like it's asking a question over and over again that never gets answered. And I like that. It's unsettling and it's perfect for this song. And then, you know, the vocals come in, they're very, you feel that there's an element of being nervous or scared or like there's impending doom coming and you don't know where it's coming from. I, I like that. I, it really works for the song. And then, you know, the piano, it, it, the music is really interesting because it's the opposite of a song I compare to a lot of times by Jimi Hendrix called Let Me Stand Next to Your Fire. Or it may just be fire. I don't know. Uh, but the thing about that song is that the, the music is in between the lyrics, you know, it, the, there's lyrics and then in the break, the music plays and lyrics and the music and Roger Glover was inspired to write Speed King based off of that. There's several Uriah Heep songs that use that strategy. Lots of songs actually employ that, um, short music burst vocals, short music burst, burst of vocals. And I really like that. This is the opposite. They put all the music underneath the lyrics and then let the rest of it go empty, except for the drums. I think that's fascinating. And uh, it's really different. You know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, No Reply at All by Genesis, where they did that same thing with this really uh, weird synthesizer pattern that they were putting underneath the vocals. And I, I just it blows my mind because you're crowding all the sound in one spot leaving the rest of it open and then crowding all the sound again together. But yet you could hear everything so clearly. And the only way that this works is if it's mixed well. Otherwise, things are just going to get muddy and you're not going to be able to understand what anybody's doing. And so having a clean mix is the key to making that work. And they do hear, you could really hear everything, but it's such a weird way to do it, isn't it? 
And it really works. So I, I love the sound of this. And the the chorus, the synthesizers in the chorus, what you hear after the, the chorus as it goes back into uh, getting ready for the next verse again, just these little sounds, especially in this song. Now I'm going to go a little bit forward into this song and I'm going to play you a bit of another part where you could just kind of see where the song goes. I love those creepy synths going into that uh, instrumental part there. They just add so much to the song. And then, you know, who would have thought a, a multi-layered piano part would come in after the chorus? Just completely unexpected. It's uh, a little more dance party almost to me. It doesn't feel as creepy all of a sudden. It's like we get a reprieve from the creature, uh, but he's, you know, he's not gone. But it's almost like we have a moment where we can breathe and just relax and celebrate the fact that we feel safe for a minute. And then we don't. And I absolutely love that. And then the way the song ends is just such magic to me. It's one of the the best things to me that I've ever heard in music. It's so powerful, so unexpected, and just a lot of fun. So here's a little bit of that. I mean, is that cool or what? Just so many things going on, so many things to take your attention and, and uh, you know, easy to miss things. You got to listen to that several times to really catch what's going on. I love the uh, piano. They're copying what the bass guitar does throughout the song uh, and, and doing it a little bit differently. But uh, there's so many cool things in this part and it's just so intense Absolutely love it. it. It would be hard to make every song like that or, or impossible because some songs just shouldn't have that kind of stuff. Most probably shouldn't. But when you get a chance to really go all out on something, this is a, you know, a, a, it just proves that you should do it. That's what I think. Uh, but yeah, they're such a fun band. It, it's been a blast covering these songs, to be honest. I just love them. And normally I don't dive that deep into songs. I might play an extra part now and then um, because I don't have the permission to really dive in the way I would like to. And, you know, that's what I get to do with the Uri Heat podcast because I'm endorsed by the band to do so. I don't have those endorsements elsewhere, so uh, I don't get to uh, have the luxury of doing that. Um, you know, maybe someday I'll get another band endorsement and be able to do another podcast like Uri Heat, uh, the Magician's Podcast, and maybe not. Who knows? But for now, um, I'm just going to continue reviewing albums that have had uh, a big impact on me or bands that have. Or certain songs, you know, as I've done here, this is the first time I've done one like this. It's, it's been an album 
uh, at a time up to this point. So this was just something a little bit different because of the circumstances. But yeah, they're a fun band. You know, if if you haven't heard of them already, if you're not familiar with them and you like what you heard, check them out. You know, if you can find them, they're, they're pretty elusive. You know, if it weren't for a couple of albums, it's like they, they're just completely wiped off the map. And even in today's world, I'm surprised that there isn't more information about them out there. It's really weird. Um, but like I said, you know, there's no website to speak of except for this one little thing that hasn't been updated. And it really looks more like a bulletin board uh, from the old days kind of thing. And all very strange. But I I love the music that this band made. And uh, I, I really wish, you know, if there was one band that I could ask to reform for one of those 80s, uh, you know, like the Lost 80s live thing that they do here in Vegas, it would be these guys. Absolutely would be these guys. Um I think that would be a lot of fun. But in any case, that's the show this week, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with another episode next week. I've got some sporadic interviews that I'm doing here and there uh, just as they come in. So what I'm doing is I'm doing those on Saturday episodes. And those come out around noon Pacific time. And then, of course, the regular Wednesday show that comes out about 1 a.m. Pacific time, 9 a.m. if you're in England. And uh, that's how it is. It'll be ready for you in your podcast player when you're on your way to work or at work and ignoring your job, whatever it is. Uh, Some people can listen to a podcast and do their job quite fine. So just whatever you're doing, be safe and enjoy. That's what this is all about, guys. Take care of yourselves. And thanks for joining me for another episode. Cheers. (laughs) 